They seized him, led him away, and brought him into the high priest's house. Meanwhile, Peter was following at a distance. They lit a fire in the middle of the courtyard and sat down together, and Peter sat amongst them. When a servant saw him sitting in the firelight and looked closely at him, she said, This man was with him too, but he denied it. Woman, I don't know him. After a little while, someone else saw him and said, You're one of them too. Man, I'm not, Peter said. About, about an hour later, another kept insisting, This man was certainly with him, since he's a Galilean. But Peter said, Man, I don't know what you're talking about. Immediately, uh, while he was still speaking, a, roast, a rooster crowed. Then the Lord turned and looked at Peter. So Peter remembered the word of the Lord, how he had said to him, Before the rooster crows today, you will deny me three times. And he went outside and wept bitterly. Hey guys, um, if you don't know me, I'm Pre, I'm the student minister here. And um, yeah, so I'm going to be speaking to you today from Luke. Uh, just before we start, I'll pray. Uh, and as we go through the sermon, remember to keep your Bibles open so you can check what I'm saying. I'm not lying to you about things. Um, so let's pray. Uh, Father, I thank you so much for Jesus. I uh, thank you for what you teach us uh, about him through your word. Uh, and Lord, I ask that tonight as I speak, um, I've just been preparing for this, that you will please speak through me, um, that even though I am weak, I pray that you will be strong in this. Amen. Cool. Um, so I think getting rejected is probably one of the worst feelings in the world. Uh, we all want to be loved, we all want to belong, whether we care to admit it or not. Uh, and so when we get rejected, it really feels like the worst thing in the world. And now I remember when I was in primary school, uh, we just moved to Australia uh, and I went to a school called Newbridge Public School in Liverpool. And there was this girl there called McKaylee and I thought that she was the most beautiful thing that I've ever seen in my life. Um, I had a huge crush on her. She, had, uh, she was tall, had long brown hair, greenish eyes, uh, and every time she would walk, walk past me, my heart would be beating a million beats per second. I had a huge crush on her, and I even took after-school gymnastics just so that I could hang out with her. <laughs> and you guys know how much I like exercise, so like, I really like this girl. Uh, and so at the time, I thought that she was the perfect girl. I thought that she was the one for me. Uh, and I thought that she was actually interested in me as well. Like, see what a stud I was? Um, and I used to love wet weather days because her class and my class, we'd be in the same classroom, so she couldn't escape me. So <laughs> I'd just be talking to her the whole time. But then comes along this guy named Luke, uh, and he was blonde hair, blue-eyed, played on the soccer team, so he was pretty fit. Uh, and I remember the day when I found out that McKaylee liked this guy called Luke. And I literally felt so sick in my stomach. I felt like someone had ripped my heart out of my chest. Uh, and that was my first experience of being rejected. Uh, and it got me prepared for the many to come. <laughs> uh, so I'm sure at some point in our lives, boys probably more than girls, um, we've all been rejected. Um, we've all went after that person that, you know, thought we'll spend the rest of our life with. And they've rejected us. It sucks. And it's one of the worst feelings in the world. Um, and in the passage that we're looking at tonight, we see a story of rejection. Uh, we see a rejection far more hurtful, far more serious than being rejected by any boy or girl. Um, we see Peter being rejected by Jesus. We see a man 
reject the Son of God, we see man reject God. Um, but the account of Peter and his rejection of Jesus isn't only recorded so that we can look at how Peter failed. The passage points us to the reality that every single one of us sitting here tonight, we've also rejected Jesus. Every single one of us here tonight has also rejected the Son of God. Every one of us here tonight has also rejected God. Uh, some of us might have been sometime this week, some of us maybe even today, and some of us it'll be in the future to come. We've all rejected Jesus. When we fail to follow Jesus' teaching, we're essentially rejecting him. When we hear that a friend or family member or anyone's bad-mouthing Jesus and we fail to stand up for Jesus, we're rejecting him. When we fail to live the way that Jesus teaches us to live, the way that the Bible teaches us to live, we reject Jesus. When we rely on our own strength, thinking that we can control the circumstances of our lives, we reject Jesus. Now, this account of Peter's rejection of Jesus points us to the fact that we as humans are weak, that by default, when things get hard, when our safety is threatened, we will be tempted to reject Jesus, just like Peter did. And this passage points to the fact that we are all just like Peter. But this passage points to something far more greater. It points us to the fact that when Peter was weak, Jesus was strong. It points us to the reality that when we are weak, Jesus is strong. Now, this account of Peter's rejection, it's meant to give us hope. It's meant to strengthen us. So if you look in your Bibles in chapter 22, verse 32, Jesus says to Peter, I have prayed for you that your faith will not fail. And when you have turned, strengthen your brothers. You see, it's given to us so that we can learn from Peter's rejection of Jesus, of what we should do when we are tempted to reject him. So I have three things for us tonight that I want, us, that I want to encourage us to do when we feel tempted to reject Jesus. The first one, listen to Jesus. When we look at Luke's gospel, we see that Peter was with Jesus right from the very beginning. In chapter 5, we see that Peter was out fishing. He owned a fishing business. And Jesus calls out to him and says, Peter, come and follow me. And so Peter leaves his business behind and he goes to follow Jesus. He's roughly been following Jesus for around three years now. He's been a student of Jesus and he's learning from Jesus. Peter has seen Jesus heal the sick. He's seen Jesus cast out demons. He's seen Jesus raise people from the dead. Peter was at the transfiguration where he saw a glimpse of the glory, a glimpse of Jesus' glory, showing that Jesus was the Messiah, that Jesus was the Son of God. Peter was the disciple that got out of the boat and walked on the water with Jesus. Peter was the disciple that confessed that Jesus was the Messiah, of the, the, Messiah the Son of the living God. Out of all the disciples, it would seem that Peter would be the one to listen to Jesus. But we see that's not the case. Now, in verse 31 to 32, we see that Jesus predicts that Peter would reject him. He says, Peter, Satan has asked to sift you. Satan has asked to tempt you. Satan has asked to rip you apart. But I have prayed for you that your faith might not fail. When you have turned back, strengthen your brothers. And Peter's response Lord, I am ready to go with you to prison and to death. Peter's saying to Jesus, don't stress, I got your back. I'm not going to fail you. Jesus replies, Peter, I tell you, the rooster will not crow today until you have denied me three times. Jesus is saying to Peter, you're going to reject me. I know that this is going to happen. And Peter's saying, not me. I won't fail you. I got your back. 
Peter fails to listen to Jesus. Peter has seen all that Jesus can do. He's seen Jesus' power. He's confessed that Jesus is the Messiah, that Jesus is the Son of God. And the fact that Jesus knows the future, Luke's pointing out to us here that Jesus is God. When you read in the Old Testament and the prophet Isaiah, when he talks about one of God's unique attributes, he said that one of God's unique attributes is that God knows the future. By Jesus knowing the future, Luke's saying, Jesus is God. But we see that Peter fails to listen to Jesus. He fails to listen to God, and he ends up rejecting Jesus. How many of us here are just like Peter? We fail to listen to what Jesus tells us. Now, you know I have to have an illustration about how I failed with my diet recently. Um, So, if you don't know me, I always go on diets, and I fail. Um, When I go on a diet, right, I always go hard out. From the beginning, I'll go hard out, do all this research, and be like, hey, this is all the foods that I have to eat. This is how much I have to go to the gym. Uh, And I get really pumped about it. And then Holly, my wife, will tell me, hey, Pri, I think you should probably ease into this. Um... And I'll look at Holly and I'm like, what do you know? Because I'm the one that's done all the research on what I should be eating. I'm the one that's watching these motivational videos. Um, I'm the one that knows I know the path to get to where I want to go. And surely, um, a week later, two weeks if I'm doing really good, I'll crash and I'll start eating crap again and I'll stop going to the gym. Um, really, I should have listened to Holly. We've only been married three years, but in those three years, she's seen me go through a million different diets and fail a million times. And if any one of you guys here, even Wilson, if he went to ask Holly or me about fitness advice, he'd go to Holly, not me. <laughs> um, Jesus has proved on a number of occasions that he knows so much more, more than Peter, yet Peter chooses not to listen to Jesus. And we're so much like Peter. We choose not to listen to Jesus, despite the fact that we know he's God. We sit on the other side of history knowing that Jesus rose again from the dead, yet we still choose not to listen to him. The book of Hebrews tells us that in the present time, God has chosen to speak through his son. And the Bible is where we hear most about what Jesus had to say. But how obedient are we to what the Bible has to say? How has listening to the Word of God recently transformed your life? The truth, the truth is we can be like Peter and think we know more than Jesus. We think we know better than what the Bible teaches us. Think about it, right? God tells us to trust Him and know that He will provide for us. Yet how many of us try to control our own lives? We're told to love our brothers and sisters. That's the person sitting next to you right now. That's the people here at Church at Five. That's the people here at Pitt Town Church. But how many of us are bitter to someone in this church? We're told to seek the kingdom of God first. That means that the things of God become a priority over everything else in our lives. Yet how many of us choose and pick what we do for the kingdom? We serve only when we want to serve. We give financially to church only when we have spare cash. We go to growth groups when we're, not, uh, when, we, when we're not too busy or tired. We come to events at church. We spend time with each other only when we feel like it. Sex before marriage, getting drunk, the list goes on and on and on. The point is that we choose when we want to listen to God and when we don't want to listen to Him. When we do this, it's a big warning sign that we're going down the same route that Peter went down. Instead, we're meant to look at Peter's mistake 
and we're meant to learn from it. As disciples of Jesus, we need to listen to what he has to say to us because when we are weak, Jesus is strong. Listening to Jesus, coming under the authority of the word of God, by doing this, we will be strengthened when we are tempted to reject Jesus because we will know what he has said and so we can trust that. Secondly, don't trust yourself. Now, we've already seen Peter trust himself before. He said that, Jesus, I'll go to prison, even death, uh, even die for you. Uh, and we see again this confidence that P Peter has in himself. Now, if you look at verse 49, it says, When those around him saw what was going to happen, they asked, Lord, should we strike with the sword? Then one of them struck the high priest's slave and cut off his right ear. Now, Luke doesn't mention who who actually cut off the slave's ear. But if you look at the Gospel of John, that actually tells you that it was Peter who cut off the slave's ear. Now, Peter relies on himself to defend Jesus. And I was reading that and I was like, that's pretty good. He's sticking up for Jesus. Like, it's a noble thing to do. But when you really think about it, Peter, a man, is trying to defend the Son of God. It's as if Peter forgets who Jesus is. He forgets that Jesus, this man, is the same one that calmed the violent storm by just saying a few words. This is the same man that raised people from the dead, that cast out demons. By Peter trying to defend Jesus, his actions are saying that he thinks Jesus isn't in, isn't in control, that Jesus was helpful, helpless, which isn't the case at all. We think back to last week's talk, and Jesus is completely in control. He's going to the cross out of... His, out on his own will. If he wanted to, Jesus could say the words, and none of those people that came to arrest Jesus would even be able to lay a finger on him. Right? And Jesus says that in verse 53, this is your hour and the power of darkness. What Jesus is saying here is that don't even think for a second that you're in control. This time has been given to you. Jesus was completely in control. He didn't need Peter to defend him, but Peter forgot but Peter forgot this because he trusted himself. Now Luke tells us that they then seized Jesus and they brought him to the high priest's house. Uh, Peter was following at a distance. Now notice, Peter is already beginning to fail. Peter's following at a distance. He's now tagging along as a spectator to see what's going to happen to Jesus. They go to the high priest's house. There's a courtyard and there's a fire in the middle of the courtyard and people are warming themselves up. Now one of the servant girls recognizes Peter and says, hey, wasn't this man with Jesus? And Peter responds, women, I didn't know him. A little while later, someone else comes along, sees Peter and says, hold up, aren't you one of them? Aren't you one of those Jesus followers? And Peter responds, no, not me. Then there's an interval for about an hour. And what I think Luke is trying to show us here is that Peter had some time to now reflect on what he's just said. Maybe he rejected Jesus the first two times because he was all flustered and because he was scared. So now Peter's had some time to actually think about what he's done. Then someone else comes up to Peter and says, surely you're one of his followers. And Peter, for the third time, rejects Jesus and says, man, I do not know what you're on about. Luke tells us that while Peter was still speaking, a rooster crowed, Jesus looked up at Peter and Peter remembers what Jesus said and he weeps bitterly. Peter trusted himself, and we see that it led to failure. Not once did he stand up for Jesus. The man who confessed that Jesus was the Messiah, the man that said, Jesus, I'll be with you right till the end, now denies that he ever knew Jesus. 
When we put trust in ourselves, we set ourselves up for failure. We are weak. No matter how strong you think you are, we are weak. When our safety is threatened, we'll do whatever it is to protect ourselves, even if it means rejecting Jesus. And I want to encourage us tonight to learn from Peter's mistake. Some of us here are sitting tonight thinking, I would never do that. I would never reject Jesus. I will never deny him in front of my family or friends or anyone else. We may also think, I'll never fall into adultery. I will never cheat on my wife or my husband. I will never get addicted to porn. I will never have sex before marriage. I'm dating a non-Christian, but that's fine because I'll never stop following Jesus. If we think that way, we're setting ourselves up for failure because we're weak. For some of you, it might be putting your trust in your ability to be organized, to think that you can control the circumstances in your life. You might be putting your trust in your studies, in your career, uh, in your savings, how good you are at your job. Then when things don't go, when things don't go your way, all hell breaks loose. You get worked up, anxious, maybe even depressed, because we don't know what to do. We are weak. When we trust ourselves, we set ourselves up for failure. There's nothing that we can do to make up for rejecting Jesus. No matter how much you serve at church, how much you give financially, how much you turn up to church, how much you read your Bible, we can't make up for rejecting Jesus. I caught up with a mate the other day and we were talking about um, the struggles that we have and just keeping each other accountable. And they told me this story of a man who's been in ministry for around 20 years. Uh, he's probably around his early 50s, um, married with four kids. And recently, he had to step down from his position at the church because he had slept with another woman. Now, I don't know the exact circumstances. I don't know who this guy is. But I'm sure that somewhere in this man's life, he trusted himself more than he should have. He trusted himself to be alone with this woman. And in the process of doing that, he stumbled because of his weakness and rejected Jesus. Let's not be so foolish to think that I would never do that, that I would never sin like this person, that I would never sin like that person. When we put this kind of trust in ourselves, we set ourselves up for failure. When we trust ourselves, we will reject Jesus when we attempted to do so. So number one, listen to Jesus. Number two, don't trust yourself. And lastly, number three, run to Jesus. Run to Jesus and have confidence that he will forgive you. The account of Peter's rejection is one that is meant to give us a warning to listen to Jesus, to not trust in our own strength. It shows that we as humans are weak. But above all, the account of Peter's rejection of Jesus should give us hope. It should give us hope because when, we, when Peter was weak, Jesus was strong. Now, I can't even begin to imagine how Peter felt when he saw that look on Jesus' face. You know when you've been given some bad news and you just feel sick in your stomach, you feel like throwing up? I remember when um, mom rang me and told, uh, told me my grandpa passed away. That's how I felt. I just felt really sick and I felt like throwing up. Um, I reckon Peter would have been feeling a hundred times worse than that when he saw that look on Jesus' face. Luke tells us that he wept bitterly. Jesus is a grown, I mean, Peter is a grown man and yet he wept bitterly because he just realized what he had done. He realized the weight of what he had done. And this is where we see the love of our God. Jesus didn't turn back, but he continued on his journey to the cross. Despite being rejected, Jesus died the death that Peter deserved. Remember, Jesus didn't have to 
continue with what he was doing. Jesus really should have been set free. He hadn't sinned. Peter should have been in chains. Peter should have been the one that went to that cross. But we see that when Peter was weak, the Lord Jesus Christ was strong. When Peter was faithless, Jesus was faithful. We see that the love of God, we see the love of God so clearly in Jesus that even though Peter rejected Jesus, Jesus did not reject Peter. Even though Peter rejected God, God did not reject Peter. Jesus dies for Peter's sin. Jesus dies in the place of Peter, and three days later, he rises again from the, de- from the grave because death couldn't even hold him down. And the Bible tells us that when Peter heard that Jesus' tomb was empty, he ran to that tomb to see it for himself. And when he sees Jesus for the first time after Jesus had risen from the dead, we're told that the disciples were out fishing Um, And so Peter hears the voice of Jesus, and he couldn't even wait for the boat to get to the shore. He jumps off that boat, and he swims towards Jesus. And what does Jesus do? He welcomes Peter. He doesn't turn, turn Peter aside because of what Peter has done. Jesus died for Peter's lack of faith. He welcomes Peter and tells Peter to go and feed his sheep, to go and point others towards Jesus, to go tell them the good news. See, I don't know what you're going through, in your life at the moment. I don't know how broken you may feel. I don't know how overwhelmed you may feel, how anxious or depressed or angry or whatever it is that you're feeling at the moment. But I can tell you that you can run to Jesus and that he will welcome you with open arms. This account of Peter's rejection of Jesus should give us hope that when we fail, we can run to Jesus and have assurance that we will be forgiven just like Peter did. No matter what you've done, no matter how bad you think you've sinned, run to Jesus and find forgiveness in him. Paul reminds us in Romans that neither height nor depth or anything else can separate us from the love of Christ. Stop trusting yourself thinking that you'll be all right. Stop thinking that you're too far gone, that you mustn't be a Christian because you don't have this special feeling within you. Listen to Jesus and run to him. When we look at Jesus' journey to the cross, we see that along the way, two of his disciples rejected him, but only one ran back to him. Judas rejected Jesus by betraying him. We see that Judas was also remorseful. If you look at the Gospel of Matthew, when um, Judas was also remorseful for what he did to Jesus, he ran back to the priests, he threw the silver at them and says, I've done the wrong thing, I've sinned. And the priest's response to him was, that's your own responsibility. Judas is filled with remorse. He regrets what he has done, but he doesn't run to Jesus. He takes things into his own hands, and the Bible tells us that he hung himself. Judas didn't run to Jesus. From what the Bible tells us about Jesus, I think that if Judas went back to Jesus, Jesus would have forgiven him, would have welcomed him back. But Judas decided to deal with his sin by himself. On the other hand, we see Peter Peter ran back to Jesus. He wept bitterly knowing that he had sinned, but he ran to Jesus. He ran to the one that saves. He ran to the one that paid for the price of his sin. Run to Jesus. Stop thinking that what you've done can't be forgiven. Stop thinking that you're too far gone, that you're too bad, that you can't be forgiven. See, when we think these things, we actually spit in the face of Jesus. We're saying that what Jesus did wasn't enough the pain and suffering that he went through, that it wasn't enough. The death that he died wasn't enough. The blood that he shed wasn't enough. Be like Peter, don't be like Judas. Run to Jesus like Peter did. Have full confidence that he will accept you with his arms wide open. 
Now remember your enemy, Satan. He doesn't want you to run to Jesus. He wants you to dwell on your sin. He'll whisper things to you like, are you really a Christian? Are you really loved? You've gone way too far this time. Satan is an accuser. He's a liar. That's what his name means. He doesn't want you to run to Jesus. I love the verse of this song, Before the Throne of God Above. When Satan tempts me to despair and tells me of the guilt within, upward I look and see him there who made an end to all my sin. Because the sinless Savior died, my sinful soul is counted free. For God the just is satisfied to look on him and pardon me. Don't listen to the enemy's lies. Run to Jesus and know that you will be forgiven. There's this YouTube video, um, which you might have seen. Ken sent it to me the other day. I'll put it on Facebook uh, tonight so you can have a look at it. Um, But it starts off with this guy having a coffee, uh, watering his lawn in the morning, and he looks across the road and he sees this family trying to take a selfie. So he goes across to them and he's like, do you need a hand? I'll take a picture for you. Uh, And so the dad gives him the phone and the guy takes a picture. Uh, And then... The neighbor notices that this family's all dressed up, and he's like, why are you guys all dressed up? Uh, what's the occasion? And they said, oh, we've just come back from our Easter service. Uh, and then the neighbor asks, oh, what did your pastor preach on? And you can see the dad get taken back a bit. He's uh, like, oh, well, you know, Jesus uh, came and died for our sin. Life, Jesus came to give it abundantly. And the neighbor nods and says, oh, that's interesting. It's very interesting. You didn't think that my wife and I needed to hear that. And you can see that it's just awkward. And then there's this screenshot. Don't be like that guy. Invite someone to the Easter service. Um, It's so true, though, right? Our family, our friends, our neighbors, they all need to hear the good news of Jesus. They need to be told that they need to run to Jesus as well. We, We don't have the time to take it easy. We need to be running to Jesus and telling our family and friends to do the same. And so before Coffee Music Life is on this Wednesday, invite people, get them connected with church so that they can hear about the hope that we have in Jesus. Like Peter, we've all rejected Jesus. Some of us are still rejecting him. Some of us may do it again in the future. But when we're tempted to reject him, remember these three things. Listen to Jesus, open up his word and be strengthened by it. Don't trust yourself and run to Jesus and know that you will be forgiven because when we are weak, Jesus is strong. Lord, I thank you that you are strong when we are weak. Um, Lord, I pray that we, we may all just listen to you, that you would help us not to trust in ourselves and that you will help us to run to you because we need you so much. We need your strength to live this life. And I ask, Lord, that you would help us to apply what we've heard here tonight and that in everything that we do, we might just be running to you, clinging on to you as you hold on to us. Amen.